Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I am excited. We have much to cover. Yeah. And uh first thing we're gonna talk with first thing we're gonna do is talk to Michelle Calkins of Lake Arrowhead as uh we enter wow, I think the snow started a, a week ago Wednesday. They're saying so, it's ten days or yeah, it's about 10 days since the snow started, and uh, they had uh, at least eight feet of snow. Some areas had more than eight feet, and most of it is still piled up on the ground, and a lot of people are still stuck in the house. And Michelle Calkins went on uh, Fox 11 last night and uh, was describing what it's like behind closed doors for some people. So let's get her on here. Michelle. Hello. Well, what what's going on that we can't see? Well, I'm literally standing on my roof right now, shoveling snow off of it. So I'll give you that visual. Is that safe? Um, yeah. Okay, <laughs> roofs have roofs yeah, have been I'm collapsing. Actually, I'm just telling you. Well, no, I mean the the goal is to get the weight off the roof. Plus, now with the snowpack coming in, it with the sun, it just melts it. It makes it heavier and heavier. So the more we can get off the roof, the better. Built up a lot of ice dams, et cetera. It's just a disaster for later. All right, it's not. Too, it should be slippery up there too, though, isn't it? Well, it's weird. I can build a pretty good staircase. I also have spiked um, oh. chains that I put on my shoes. So, 
Yeah, taking all the precautions. I heard you guys, um, yeah, day 10, eight feet of snow, mm. and uh, it's crazy. What, what's going on with uh, people you know or, or or you've heard from? Because you described last night uh, mm. that uh, people are in a state of panic. Yeah, well, we've got thousands and thousands of people trapped, roads not plowed. That's really where the big panic sets in because it immediately traps you. I mean, I've been there. Um I'm here. This is actually, I got lucky. My road got plowed. I literally just got back from the gas station to get gas to fuel up the snowblower so we can keep clearing as much snow on our property as possible. Um, But the snowed in feeling is fear, constantly anxiety. We can't sleep. We've been up um, all hours of the day, just, you know, in a, in a panic and medication, people can't get their medication, personal friends, uh, ran out of formula and just, we didn't know what to do. <laughs> what did they do? Well, so we have all these emergency, you know, we call 911. We have these emergency hotlines that we were told to call. This was a few days ago. So when that set in, um, I said, call this hotline. We were given this number and, The number they said, I'm sorry, we can't help you. So at that point, what happens is the locals all turn to each other for help, um, no matter what we had to do or how far we had to walk. Um, I know there were people caravanning medicine up the hill uh, and then walking in to deliver it and formula. So the person did get the formula. Um, Luckily, one of the plows up here was able to get his way over to that house. Are there people privately plowing? Is that what I'm hearing or... Yeah, there is. Yeah, we have private plows. A lot of them can't get out, though, because everybody is trapped in their own house. And so um, unless you have a big loader, uh, the bobcats were stuck. The trucks with plows were stuck because what happened is when the roads stopped getting plowed, um, let's say Thursday last week, and it, it was already like four feet of snow, and then we got that other surprise two feet on Monday, so the roads were six feet deep and they don't look like it in person. You're just kind of like, oh, this seems doesn't seem that bad until you actually start digging out. And then the reality sits in. You can't <clears throat> shovel six feet of snow out of the way. Well, sometimes you had to. Yeah. What's that like? We've had no choice. <laughs> I mean, that, but what is that like? I mean, because you know, you shovel into it and more of it collapses on you. Yeah, yeah. So the big thing that really got people emotional in the morning was when you opened up the front door and what you had shoveled the day before was back and or even more from yesterday. And so you just kind of thought, oh, my God, how's my front door full of, you know, another three feet of snow again? And the drift coming off the roof made it worse. So we might have gotten the two feet, but it, it acted like four. So then you just start one scoop at a time and you just it i think right now it's all mental grit and it's it, it's like a superpower we all gained because we we had to get out of our front door and be able to have an emergency tunnel built to the road for when the plows come yeah the national guard is supposedly making its way there right have you seen the national guard or cal fire or any rescue crews uh no so i listened to the press briefing release this morning it was really good um a few things i want to clear up with that is that the national guard is not coming we shouldn't it, it they're having um it's called the rattlesnake 
um, team. So it's like a smaller, it's a smaller group. It's not like we're going to expect any military vehicles here. Um, They're going to have boots on the ground, like muscle power, manpower with shovels, which is actually exactly what we need because there are people literally 100% trapped in their houses. I can talk about that. So just the expectation of the National Guard, it's a smaller scale, a bunch of like um, fire crew, Cal Fire and stuff that have been trained for these disaster and search and rescue situations. So we should start seeing those people um, because I heard it sounded like they're, they said they're going to start going door to door, just checking on everybody. Um, and um, really quick, earlier you guys said, because I chimed it or listened in earlier, just to make sure that everybody knows that the Jensen supermarket in Blue Jay, as of right now, the ceiling did not collapse. However, it is sagging. So that store is still closed down for us. So we are yeah, there's down twice, to the store. Twice in the last few days, that store was yeah, reported so, to yeah. have collapsed, and then twice it was corrected. So one, one collapsed in Crestline, Goodwin's collapsed, yeah. Jensen's is compromised, so in Blue Jay, and now we're only stuck with Stater Brothers and Lake Arrowhead. We have one grocery oh. store on the entire mountain. Oh, you can't go into Jensen's? No, they, they red taped oh. it. All right, that explains the report then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, I, I have a place up in Arrowhead, and uh, oh. Jensen's is the main store you that I go to all the time. And it is a long way to the next one if you have to walk. Well, yeah, because the thing is, is people were walking to all of these stores because we couldn't get out. So the only option was to walk. And a lot of people, once that snow on the streets got up to four feet or six feet, you were literally sinking to your waist or your chest. So it was impossible for people to walk. That, that sounds scary. Yeah. I mean, I imagine people panicking yeah, it's awful. because it's like yeah. trying to walk through quicksand. Yes, Absolutely. You get stuck. You actually can get stuck. If if you don't have another person there to pull you out, you're kind of like, oh, my gosh, I'm literally stuck in this. No, so I have snowshoes. So my husband and I have snowshoed around town everywhere. Yeah. And and also feeling a claustrophobia. If you're locked inside yeah. your house and you've got eight feet of snow at the front door, I could see people freaking out over that. Yes. Um, so yesterday... I'll tell you a crazy story. So as soon as the sun came out, you know, we felt this sigh of relief. I was like, thank God it has finally stopped snowing. We can all breathe a little bit. So we just kind of went into high gear and we strapped on our snowshoes and some backpacks, threw some food in it to go check on the neighbors. And what we discovered is that there are many single solo people who are older, elderly, that don't have the capability to shovel the snow as it comes. And they're a hundred percent trapped. So we were, literally knocking on windows and communicating through the windows with people to ask if they're okay. Wow. And so far everybody was? They were okay, yeah. This, the, they all said they had food, and they said they were okay, and so I have tagged those houses personally um, with the address number just so that if and when any official comes by, hopefully it's you know a red flag for them to like check on that home. All right, Michelle, thank you so much for talking to us and keep us posted. We appreciate it, and good work helping out your neighbors. Stay safe on that roof. Yeah, don't slide off that roof. (laughs) Okay, thanks. (laughs) All right, that's Michelle Calkins of Lake Arrowhead, and she is currently on the roof of her home shoveling the snow off so that it doesn't create a problem with the roof collapse or anything like that. But uh, she's trying to put out the word, get more help here sooner. And uh, you heard her just say she actually checked on and there are, it says here there's 80,000 full or part-time residents in the whole mountain community area, roughly. And of course, you have a lot of tourists, but they're not necessarily there. And then you have a, 
people that rent Airbnb yeah. homes and stuff like that. For so. weekends at a time, yeah. Right. All right. We got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640. Uh, we got uh, more coverage coming up, certainly later in the show, on what's going on in the San Bernardino Mountain communities with the heavy snow uh, locking people in their homes. Uh, Tim Donnelly's going to come back on the show. Of course, he lives up there. And uh, Blake Choley for KFI News has made his way up there, too, to get a firsthand look at the progress being made to help dig people out. Uh, meanwhile, the mayor of Big Bear Lake, see, there is a, there are officials up there, John. I thought there was nobody but... Uh, Big Bear but the, does have its own government, yes. Yes, so the mayor of Big Bear Lake, is it's Randall Putz. I'm not kidding. P-U-T-Z. I saw him on TV the other night. Uh, did he look like a putz? It, can you imagine what he's gone through in life? It's to, maybe he pronounces it differently. Did you did you see? No, Is he pronounce it, it like poots or no, putes? No, it, it's see. Yeah, I I I change the uh, pronunciation. No, no, I saw I saw Alex uh, Michelson on Fox Eleven have to address him as Mayor Putz, which you know I'm sitting there giggling like a twelve year old. It's just the way. I, but you're right. The family should have maybe cleaned up the name. You got to do something about that. Uh, he's telling everybody not to come up here. They call it snow tourism. Uh, a lot of people are getting good pictures from far away. Obviously, the snow on the mountaintops. But there's other people that want to go up there and see it firsthand because it's so dramatic. It's once in a generation snowfall, they're calling it. They're saying, don't do that. And I know people will. They want photo oh, selfies. They will. But you know what? Yeah, you just make them sign a paper at the bottom of the mountain. You're not getting any help. You end up uh, stuck in a snowdrift or... Uh... You get buried in an avalanche. It's uh, we'll see you in May. Sign a paper. That's right. Sign a paper. Give up all your rights. We're not going to spend any money or risk anybody else's life trying to find your the remnants of your body. They Otherwise, are closing. Do what you want. Yeah, they're closing the entire San Bernardino National Forest with just a few exceptions uh, in terms of personnel that may have to get up there. Certain ski passes will still be good. I don't know what those are, but uh, it's closed until March sixteenth. Because of all the snow and the damage. It's like a lot of people like to go up there and recreate, whether they're hiking or whatever. Uh, you can't get up there either. You know so what? Inc- the, the people who like to uh, run around forests, there is nothing you can do to keep them out. I have heard stories that even with the fires and, and you would have officials telling campers inside a forest where fire is burning, you've got to go. And they'll resist. Or you try to block the entrance of the forest, right, and keep cars out, and everybody gets mad and starts arguing with you. I even heard about a nude beach. Seriously. Nude beach where uh, they closed it because it was right near a stand of trees. It was a fire at risk. And uh, the uh, the nudesters uh, just parked down the road and ran in through the back way. And I just think, you know what? These people, let them burn. Let them get smothered in snow. You know, if they don't want to listen, then the heck with them. Well, because the attitude is usually, oh, government always overreacts and government is stupid and government tries to be mommy. I can take care of myself. I'll be fine. Oh, no. oh, Mayor Putz is on the line. Oh, geez. Uh, Mayor Randall Putz from Big Bear. Hello. Hi, how are you? Oh, uh, well, all right, we apologize in advance. Why is that? Oh, we, we were having a laugh over your name. Oh, yeah. 
as my father uh, says, no one ever forgets our last name. <laughs> well, we were just talking about well, you. We mentioned you because you said don't come up here to people that might want to engage in some snow tourism. Well, I asked for people to give us a chance to get our house in order uh, because we're still digging out. And uh, our essential workers are still working hard to get our roads cleared, uh, to get fuel up here, to get groceries up here. Um, and it's still pretty rough for us. And so we are not yet uh, ready for visitors. Hey, hey. What, what about people that ski in you know, the ski resorts? How's that going to work? Well, uh, that's a challenge. I mean, in a way, we've had uh, a bit too much of a, of a good thing. I, I know the, the resorts and all the businesses, including my own, that rely on tourism, uh, are a little anxious right now, but it's not going to do anybody any good if we get a flood of visitors and it's mayhem and the roads get clogged and then we have much bigger problems. So I, I think in the in the long term, it's going to be better for us if we do this in a measured way, uh, consistent with the capacity that we have. But you have to keep in mind that, you know, we've gotten a huge amount of snowfall um, I just saw a video from our city manager peering around the town. Many streets are reduced to a single lane. There's six-foot-high berms. Um, many people aren't even going to be able to get to their homes or their uh, cabins, and there's nowhere to park. Are people trying to get all the way to Big Bear? Yeah, people, uh, you know, the, the snow is a magnet, uh, understandably. Uh, it's, it's, it's a magnet, but we, we're very vulnerable right now. There's three highways in uh, to our valley. Two of them are closed and will be closed for the foreseeable future. One had an avalanche, uh, just re another avalanche just uh, recently. Which highway? Days before those op which open. Highway? Uh, highway 30, Highway 38 had an avalanche uh, recently uh, that undid a lot of the work that was done. Uh, Arctic Circle, Highway uh, 18 uh, coming up through the 330. That's going to be many days before that's cleared. So. Highway 18, the back way down to Lucerne, is our only access point right now. We're very vulnerable because one accident can tie that up for hours or even uh, days. And people that have been up here any amount know that, that that's the most uh, windy and, and difficult road. And um, we're just being real careful that we can uh, avoid ending up like uh, Lake Arrowhead is and manage this as best as we can. And we just need a bit more time. I anticipate in, into next week. There's no reports of any tragedies yet in all this, and I know there's been some rescues. Uh, not not here in, in Big Bear Lake. Now, it, it's another story uh, west of us for uh, the Lake Arrowhead Crestline uh, area. You got that, less is, snow than we Lake did. Arrowhead, which is odd because usually you get the most snow on the mountain. Yeah, but that's, that's the nuance of these storms. I mean, they all have their own character and... Uh, some places, even within our own valley, can get you know twice as much precipitation as other parts of, of the valley. And that's just sort of the luck of the draw when these things hit us. All right, Mayor, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. All right. Take care, guys. Thank All right. you. All right. That is the mayor of Big Bear Lake, Randall Putz, who did he call in or did somebody reach out to him? How did that happen? Ray reached out. Oh, he did. Okay, that Ray. <laughs> He's quick. All right. <laughs> Yeah, they want to talk to Mayor Putz right away. All right, we got more coming up. Uh, of course, we'll continue to update you. We've got the reports coming in the next couple of hours from the mountain communities. John and Ken, KFI AM 640 Live, everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. 
Thank you. Uh, we have an announcement to make on the John and Ken show. I take it it's a good one. I think so. Usually when the band plays. That's right. There we, <laughs> the Pufuzelas come out. <laughs> He's got the ball. He's moving towards the goal. Uh, the Department of Water Resources went out there and did its third snow survey of the season today at a uh-huh. place called Phillips Station. And the survey recorded 116 and a half inches of snow depth. 116 and a half? And where is this station? Uh, I don't know. You have to look it up. Phillips Station? Uh, the story's coming, but but that's the Department of Water Resources in Sacramento. This is their press release, so I don't think it's there. Uh, well, I'll give you the whole rundown. So that is a snow water equivalent of 41 and a half inches. And this is 177% of the average for the location on the date of March 3rd. And again, the snow water equivalent measures the amount of water contained in the snowpack. And it's a key component of the water supply forecast. Uh, it says here that although the snowpack is currently just behind the record snow year of 1982-1983, the snowpack is varying considerably. The southern Sierra snowpack is at 209% of its April 1st average. Central Sierra, 175%. And as they put it, the critical northern Sierra, where they get a lot of the water from the reservoirs, is at 136% of its April 1st average. It is uh, west of Lake Tahoe. West of Lake Tahoe. Phillips I actually Station. have a photo of these guys out there with their measuring sticks. Three guys in all blue jackets and little ski hats. Doing it the way they did it 100 years ago. And one guy actually has a book that he's marking it down, and the other two have the sticks. Yeah. So, so they're going low tech. They got a stick and a book and a pen. That's right. Well, why not? See, that book I, is probably 100 years old with all sorts of recordings. I, I, I would have no thought idea. there's some like measurement gauges that automatically record and some uh, sophisticated, yeah. sophisticated technological yeah, gear, trans- gear transmits all the information by satellite to a complex computer system. Right. But, uh, I guess it's uh, three guys with a stick and a book. Uh, they measure five media oriented snow surveys at Phillips station each winter near the first of each month, January through April and if necessary, May. So they'll do this again uh, on April 3rd. And that they consider to be kind of the end of what they call the wet season by April 3rd. Mm-hmm. There probably won't be much else coming. So, Well, you, you really can't get much more snow than we've had down here, at least. However, of course, since this is the Department of Water Resources, the end of the press release says, please continue to use water wisely, John Cobelt. And actually has your name in it. You know what? I'm going to open my hose up this afternoon. Well, and, and, and just- <laughs> don't do it in the room there. <laughs> just start spraying. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right, now we move over to another topic. Which, Oh, by the way, I meant to tell you this, John, because we were just talking. A uh, listener sent this story. A guy set himself on fire on the Berkeley campus Wednesday afternoon. Boy, how's that? And I don't think it was a protest. No? I think it was somebody in their 20s with mental issues, so it might have been a vagrant. Yeah. There's actual video of the guy walking around completely in flames. It's really bizarre. There's all sorts of students standing there in the campus square, and they're just watching them that's another, walk by. Oh, that's Tuesday in Berkeley. That's just another day. Is that right? Guy walking around on fire. Oh, yeah. A guy tweeted, took my son on a recruitment visit for UC Berkeley football and <laughs> saw this guy after we got lunch. And he sent out the video on Twitter of this guy walking around on fire. Recruitment day. <laughs> you think somebody, well, some people are trying, oh, somebody's got a jacket. Oh, now they're starting to douse them. I see. Yeah, he's just start. He finally stopped. He was running. You can't run when you're on fire. I mean, yeah, but I don't think he really cares. But what... yeah, you shouldn't set yourself on fire to begin with. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of vagrants and the problems that can occur, this is another example of what happens when you tolerate and effectively normalize behavior like this. We go back to Sherman Oaks, where how many people, John, have died on the streets of Sherman Oaks in the last... Five in a particular neighborhood. Well, we thought this was coming. A 35-year-old man who apparently was lying down, I think blanketed, in an alleyway because he was out of it. This is on January 25th. A city garbage truck was backing into the alleyway behind Burbank Boulevard and Noble Avenue in Sherman Oaks, and uh, they ran him over. 35-year-old David Soto Toral was killed. What we now have is a $15 million wrongful death claim by his mother. Which, you know, I mean, uh, boy, this $15 is, this million is, dollars they want. This is touchy here, but I'm going to say it. I, I, If I had a son who ended up laying in an alleyway, whacked out on drugs so that a trash truck can run him over, no part of me would think that I deserve $15 million from the city. All right, yes. Something went wrong with this guy on the home front. And, 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 and you, you, the mother says he was a skateboarder. He was doing well, getting some sponsorships, but then he got hurt and he got addicted to painkillers. He's 35. That's how she tells the story. Yeah, I know. He was a skateboarder. He was, he was building a career in the entertainment industry, she says. Well... I don't know if you're lying in an alleyway in Sherman Oaks. He's uh, probably spaced no, out no. a bit if you're building a career in anything. No, you're not building a career. I hate are... to disparage your son, but really, to make the taxpayers hand over Look, $15 million? This is a tragedy, but nobody should have to pay $15 million because his life went off the rails. He was the... spotted by a surveillance camera earlier in the day, apparently high, sitting on a sidewalk in Burbank Boulevard in Sherman well, Oaks. Where so... was she then? Hours later, at 11.20 a.m., he was sitting in a nearby alley just minutes before LAPD says the garbage truck backed up to empty the cans. So this actually happened at like 11 in the morning. Look at this. And, and uh, the family has this attorney, Robert Brennan, said there were five cameras on the trash truck to guide the driver. He said he's got uh, 360 cameras on his truck. I guess he means a 360 degree 360 view. degree. Yeah. Whatever happened that led to this accident, he was not paying attention to what was right in his immediate view. Oh, stop it. I, oh. you know, I know. This is what I'm saying. I, it, I, that's why I kicked this off by saying if you normalize and tolerate behavior, which is people lying in the street, camped out, wasted and high, well, now you're holding everybody else responsible to make sure that nothing Listen. happens to them. Everybody has to be paying attention to this. Listen to this. This could guy. have been any other driver. Listen to this uh, lawyer, Brennan, Robert Brennan. We don't think that $15 million is out of the ballpark by a long shot. What is the value of a human life? Well, it's not $15 million. Brennan says this man was very much a part of multiple communities, the entertainment community, the skating community. Well, where were all those communities? Akami's uh, laying by himself in the alley. Well, the he, mother says whenever he went off on an addiction trip, she called it, he would want to not be around people. So he would disappear. So, you know, he decides one day, eh, this is my big high day. And that's when he just kind of cuts off everybody and disappears up to the streets of Sherman Oaks. How much you want to bet? How much you want to bet this has been going on for over a decade? 35? Yeah, uh, it's a little late for a big skateboarding career at 35. It's also pretty late to be building an entertainment career as well.
By, 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 by 35, something right, it ought to be built. By 35, you're done with skateboarding. This is, this is just awful. That's why I'm afraid dollars. if this lawsuit succeeds, this is going to begin this kind of thing. Well, you know what the city does? They settle this stuff. There's nobody in the city who ever wants to go to court and take any of this on. So that's right, why because the attorney, again, homeless drug addicts are not responsible for their own behavior. So we are. So that's why you have an attorney like Robert Brennan who's going to make outlandish claims, and I'm sure he's they're very emotional claims. And you know, if he goes to court, he's going to be very uh, 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 passionate in a booming voice and outraged and incensed and try to manipulate everyone into thinking it's their fault. Well, that's gaslighting. It's nobody's fault. It's this guy's fault. And if Mob cared that much, he wouldn't have been laying in the alley by himself. All right, Boy, when we come back. You really got a lot of nerve to want $15 million from uh, all the working taxpayers in the city. We're going to play for you a story of residents of Echo Park Lake who do not like the idea that that fence is coming down. We threw the council member in the dumpster a couple of weeks ago, Hugo Soto Martinez, who just took over that district from Mitchell Farrell and wants the fence to come down. Because a lot of the residents believe the vagrants will probably come back. We'll hear what's in the story. John and Ken, KFI, AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Hang on a second. I'm getting disconnected here. The attorney who's filing that $15 million lawsuit over this over the drug addict that was run over by the garbage truck He's going to get probably one-third of that if the city settles at that price. So Robert Brennan gets $5 million. So he's not making a case for the dead guy or the dead guy's mom. Brennan is making the case for himself to buy another house. And you're right. They'll probably cave and settle. Yeah. Yeah, there's too much sympathy here. So, you know. Uh, I love You're you're on the hook. You're part of L.A. City. That's your money. Department of Sanitation. I love all these holier-than-thou outraged attorneys. They should, they, should, uh, they should always be forced to tell everyone up front before they begin one of these public speeches how much they're going to make if they win. Most of the time you get uh, 30 to 40 percent uh, contingency fee. All right. We're continuing to keep an eye, of course, on the San Bernardino Mountain communities that have been affected by these huge winter storms. They said that, wow, they took more than 400 calls for aid. Some of it simply asking for baby formula, medicine, things like that. So uh, hopefully by the time they dig all those people out, they won't find any tragedies. That's really not what we want to hear. But uh, we'll have some guests coming up on the show. Blake Trolley's up there. Uh, We're also going to be talking once again to the former assembly member, Tim Donnelly, who came on the show uh, the other day. And he'll come back on before we're done at 4 o'clock. Well, we're back on Vagrant Watch, and this is a story we followed since it became an utter neighborhood nuisance a couple of years back, and that was a huge, huge homeless encampment at Echo Park Lake. And it was finally cleared out in the year 2021. The council member at the time, Mitch O'Farrell, finally heard from residents that we couldn't use the park because it's not clean and it's not safe. I still remember how much disgusting fecal bacteria they found in the actual lake there when they finished cleaning up because that's where a lot of people were probably oh dumping their loads you know what they removed 723 and a half pounds of biological waste 
when they cleaned it up. 723 pounds of human feces. Oh. So what was decided then was we'll put a fence up to try to keep people out. Now we have a new council member, Hugo Soto Martinez. He wants the fence to come down at the end of the month. Here is an update on the story with interviews with residents. Fox 11 reporter Gina Silva. I can tell you many people disagree with council member Hugo Soto Martinez. They don't want this fence to be removed. The park is very well secure. It's kept clean and it's safe. Residents say a simple chain link fence at Echo Park Lake has made a huge difference in their neighborhood. It looks like the way it should be. It's a family park and I think kids are, are you know, feeling like they could come to a place and not worry that they might find needles in the ground, playground. Nowadays, you'll find people taking a stroll, getting a little exercise, enjoying the day at the park. But just a couple of years ago, this is what Echo Park Lake looked like. It was filled with homeless encampments. Neighbors say they witnessed fights, assaults, drug use, and vandalism. In March of 2021, the encampments were removed. Close to 200 people were told they couldn't live at the park, and the fence was then installed. The concern is if the fence is taken down, we may find the same situation where we had uh, the homeless encampments. And that is a real threat, I think, to the quality of life for the neighborhood. But council member Hugo Soto Martinez has announced the fence at Echo Park Lake will be removed later this month. His office issued a statement that says in part, we don't have to choose between helping our homeless neighbors and having safe, clean, and accessible parks. We will not let the dangerous conditions that occurred at the park under our predecessor ever return. No quiero que quiten la cerca porque es un peligro para toda la familia. Javier Hernandez, who's lived in Echo Park for more than 20 years, says he doesn't want the fence to be removed because he fears it will be dangerous for his family. What would you like to say to the councilman who wants to take this fence down? No, absolutely no. No fence down. The fence down. Without any, uh, you know, any special reason, I don't find any uh, clear benefit for fence down. Nothing but problem later on. Residents are urging Soto Martinez to reconsider. They would like the city to install a nicer looking fence like the one at Lemert Park Plaza and several other parks around Los Angeles. They say fences protect the property because at the end of the night, the parks are locked, preventing anyone from setting up an encampment. We're not again, Hugo Martinez. We are again the crime. I think we deserve a, a safe neighborhood. And that's what we ask. I don't think it's too much to ask the city council member. Yeah, uh, and that's what we found out that there were a lot of migrants, the migrant community there that uh, used that park because they didn't. They were living like apartments, so yeah. they enjoyed going to that park and recreating with their kids. And that wasn't really possible when there was two hundred people yeah. camped in there. You, you, you people who live in the Echo Park area, you got to understand. I don't know what you're thinking when you uh, elected Hugo Soto Martinez. Apparently, a lot of people once again were not paying attention. This guy's a member of the Democratic Socialists of America, DSA. He's not a Democrat. He's not even a progressive. The DSA is connected to anarchist groups. They're funded by very wealthy people who have some weird fetish about undermining our way of life. You could not believe me if you want, but you're going to see what happens. Hugo Soto Martinez is a bad guy to have as a councilman. Okay, well, He plans to return that park 
to the vagrants. Trust me on this. He you will. are correct because he's just like Mike Bonin. He's just like Nithya Raman. They all tend to vote the same way, although Martinez is new to the council. He's already voted against some enforcement. I think there was the issue that came up a couple of weeks ago where Tracy Park was asking to clean up some homeless encampments in her district, and it was just a couple of council people that voted no. He was one of them. So he's of the same crowd and philosophy that we have to provide for our neighbors, and if we can't find them shelter because they're Echo Park Lake people, then they can hang out in that park. And you're right. Uh, even though this statement says we won't let the dangerous conditions I, that occurred at the park under our predecessor ever return. No, d- d- don't d- don't believe anything he writes. All these guys are liars. And the way he wrote that, it's filled with weasel words. It doesn't say no one will ever be allowed to live in a public space again. He doesn't say that. It's just... No, you're right. Dangerous we, conditions. Yes. And then... What's your definition of dangerous? Well, exactly. There is a, a lot of the people portrayed that as a nice community there. You know, they were sharing things. They were really yes. had a real right, a yeah. real family thing going on there. The, the Hugo Soto Martinez did not think there were dangerous conditions uh, when when the original encampment was operating. Right. Uh, it, it, don't don't let him use tricky language that some public relations person wrote up. To try to fool people, they are out to fool you. He's he's gonna he's gonna be the worst councilman you've ever had, and that's saying a lot. And if you don't believe us, you'll see. You wait a year from now what it's gonna be like, or you know, if he takes down the fence, just wait like a month from now what it's gonna be like. Don't let that fence ever go down. You've got to do whatever it takes to keep that fence up, or some other version of the fence. Yeah, John's don't do right. It. This this Democrat socialist crowd, and this is all often common with these insane people who run for local government, they really have bigger goals in mind. This homeless thing, he'd rather not even be bothered with, but most of the way he'll, like Bonin and Nithya Raman, leave it alone. They want to change America. They think it's a horrible, capitalist, imperialist, racist system, and it's resulted in this poor problem for the helpless homeless people, and that's why there's too much sympathy and there'll be no enforcement, and I think you're right. Taking the fence down is the first step to reopening the park to vagrants. Christopher Rufo is a writer we've had on the show a number of times, and he first did a lot of reporting from uh, Seattle with the uh, anarchist uprising up there, Antifa, and he has written publicly that Antifa is the paramilitary wing. Let me say this right. That Antifa is the paramilitary wing of the Democratic Socialists of America. So that squadron of anarchists that you see and they wear the black masks and the black bodysuits and right. black gloves and they've got weapons and they create mayhem at public events they're very violent they're very frightening they're connected to the dsa and hugo soto martinez is a member of dsa that's what has infiltrated the los angeles city council there's now three of them all right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark Live, the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why GameBridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. GameBridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.